this is <coughs> this is a cold day to expect a shorter hot bath. I mean, I did a lot here, but it's because it's cold, I have to. But always very fruitful. Alhamdulillah, thank you. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inu. Iyaka na'bud wa iyaka nasta'in. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah. Al-Qahiru fawqa ibadah. Wa ashadu anna sayyidana wa habibana wa nabiyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam abduhu wa rasoolah. Ma atakum wa rasoolu fakhuduh wa ma nahakum anhu fantahu. Wa ma kana allahu liyu'adhibahum wa anta fihim. وما كان الله معذبهم وهم يستغفرون من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا مضل له ومن يعص الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا هادي له اللهم اجعلنا من الذين يستمعون قولك فيتبعون أحسنه Amma Ba'd, dear committed brothers and sisters, this week is the week in which Muslims should be conscious of the birth of our guiding Prophet, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and upon his. And one of the living problems that have been that has been located in our history and we have inherited it is the hadiths of our prophet the statements of our prophet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to us his book as a guidance. ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ هُدًا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ وَقُرْآنًا فَرَقَنَاهُ لِتَقْرَأَهُ عَلَى النَّاسِ وَنَزَّلْنَاهُ تَنْزِيلًا إِنَّ هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ يَهْدِي لِلَّتِي هِيَ أَقْوَمْ وَيُبَشِّرُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ الَّذِينَ يَعْمَلُونَ الصَّالِحَاتِ أَنَّ لَهُمْ أَجْرًا كَبِيرًا There are many ayat in the Qur'an that tell us that this Qur'an is our book of inspiration, our book of direction, our book of guidance, our book of salvation. What has become part of our contemporary life in our age, in our time, is that Muslims want to emphasize the Quran, our 
called Qur'anis. And they are not of one flavor. But there is a particular brand of the Qur'anis who want to almost dismiss all the hadiths of Allah's Prophet. They find, as a matter of them thinking, which is commendable, they find that there are contradictions in the hadith. And that's true. There are contradictions. Obviously, when Allah's Prophet spoke to us and to future generations, he was not contradicting himself. So these contradictions do not come from the Prophet. They come from the individuals who, in their good intentions, made mistakes and attributed to Allah's Prophet things he did not say. That's one part of it. The other part of it is we had people who were in power and had wealth who did not like some of the statements of Allah's Prophet. So they wanted to censor them or they wanted to fabricate hadiths that will contradict other hadiths. And we have this in our books of hadith. I don't care what madhab you come from. You have it in your books of hadith. And we haven't cleansed these pages of these fabricated hadiths. And Allah has given us 14 centuries to do so. And we still haven't done it. So, someone who places a high bar for accepting hadiths and re-energizes his thoughts in the Qur'an and the hadiths that are compatible with the Qur'an, they are also by some individuals called Qur'anis. It's not accurate, but that's, that's the real world we're living in. <clears throat> some of these researchers, they found that the word Qur'ani Oh, he's a Qur'ani. They found that actually that can be traced back to the Ottoman time and to the city of Konya. There were people called Qur'anis, but not like today's people who are called Qur'anis. These people who were called Qur'anis were called that because they were taking the Hadith to eclipse the Qur'an. In other words, they were prioritizing the hadith and marginalizing the Qur'an. Something that is common practice nowadays. You go to khutbahs, you listen to people speak about Islam, the Prophet, Allah, and almost, they'll probably quote one or two ayahs, maybe, if they're generous. But then they have a barrage of hadiths. 50, 60 hadiths in one presentation. So these hadiths are not tamed by the Qur'an. Some of them are Qur'anically acceptable and some of them are not. So why do we live with the ones that are not? 
In certain circles, if someone says he's a Qur'ani, that's like a cuss word. It's bad because look, they don't accept the Prophet's hadith. Remember the classification of the Prophet's hadiths. We have al-Sahih and we have al-Hasan and we have al-Manhul and we have, we, there's about 10 to 15 classifications of hadiths. How many classifications do we have of the Qur'an? The Qur'an is the Qur'an. You can't say... So what what do we have? We have something that is firm and certain, which is the Qur'an. And we have these hadiths that have been collected by people of goodwill and an honest heart. But in their effort, there were flaws. And so we rely on people. What's what's the nature of what's the science of hadith? You rely on individuals. Oh, I can trust him, and I can trust the other, and then you go back like they four, five, six, eight times until you get to the prophet. That's that. But we don't have that. The Quran is the Quran. We don't put the Quran in the hadith literature. We're supposed to put the hadith literature in the Quran. So here we are, we, you tell some, you encounter some of these people, say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that, they'll tell you, but we have a hadith that says another thing. So we don't have even hadiths contradicting hadiths, we have hadiths contradicting the Qur'an. When are we going to mature, grow up, and begin to filter these hadiths? We have some hadiths that are Quranically acceptable related to the Prophet's wife Aisha that says the Quran the Prophet's manners, the Prophet's morals were the Quran. In another such attribution, The Prophet was a walking Qur'an. Remember these next time when you listen to some of this uh, literature that is presented to you. Remember some of these things. Some of the hadiths that are obviously Qur'anically, they blend into the meanings of the Qur'an. The, it is reported that Allah's Prophet alayhi wa alihi salatu wassalam said Ahlul Qur'ani hum ahlullahi wa khasatuh The folks of the Qur'an are Allah's folks and Allah's special folks Why do you run away from the Qur'an? Why are you scared of the Qur'an? Qur'an is very friendly. Allah is very friendly. Another hadith, خَيْرُكُمْ مَنْ تَعَلَّمَ الْقُرْآنَ وَعَلَّمَهُ The best one of you is he who studies the Qur'an and teaches the Qur'an. 
This fits very comfortably in the atmosphere of the Qur'an, these types of hadiths. We have a certain group of people or scholars, if you want, who are, they call themselves Ahl al-Hadith. They are the folks of Hadith. So when they come, and these are the people who look at the Sahaba with very high esteem, especially Umar. And there's no problem up until now. So when they approach the Qur'an and they approach the Hadith in the manner that they do, which is you can't understand the Qur'an unless you understand the Hadith, which should be the other way around. You can't understand the Hadith until you understand the Qur'an. That's the way it should be. So when you come and tell them, in the books of Hadith, Umar said, Yakfina al-Qur'an. Suffice it for us to have Al-Qur'an. Al-Qur'an is enough for us. Tell these types what Omar said and have them answer you. Allah says in Surah Al-An'am, Ayah 38, مَا فَرَّطْنَا فِي الْكِتَابِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ No single thing have we neglected in this Scripture, meaning the Qur'an. In Surah Al-Isra, the ayah says, وَكُلَّ شَيْءٍ فَصَّلْنَاهُ تَفْصِيلًا For clearly, most clearly, have we spelled everything out, meaning in this Qur'an. So why do people run away? If Allah is telling you this, what's wrong? Ask yourself, what's wrong? Not particularly what's wrong with you personally, but what's wrong with these people who are lecturing about Islam? It's become like a job. It's become like a routine. And I wish it was centered around the book of Allah. In Surah An-Naml or An-Nahl, Allah says in Ayah 89, وَنَزَّلْنَا عَلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ تِبْيَانًا لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ We have made accessible to you the scripture to clarify everything. So when you listen to one of these speakers or many of them, and they only uh, cite, that's, I mean, I mean, some of these are considered philosophers. You have a philosopher from Iran, I don't want to name names, you probably know what I'm speaking about anyways, these are actually a few of them. They write books about Islam. <laughs> and you'll be lucky in a book that has 150, 200 more pages to find one or two ayahs. These types of hadiths that have to be purged from our books of hadith, they have, you know, the description of how we pray. You know, look at some of us, how we pray. We pray in different fashions. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the way our body is when we pray. 
whether you have your hands to your side or in front of you. Why is this a big issue to some people? You're sick. We are sick. If we say, oh, his prayer is incomplete because he doesn't put his hands in the right place. Allah. Allah is looking at your hands. He's looking at your heart. And if you feel comfortable putting your hand wherever you put it, it doesn't matter. It's what, what's in your heart. Your feelings. Your thoughts that count. Not the body. But that's, that's We're stuck with this. You've probably seen some of the Muslims at the time of tashahhud in the salah. Some of them raise their finger. Some of them move their finger up and down. Some of them move their finger left and right. And some of them go circular. It has become, I mentioned this in one of the previous khutbahs. In one country, Muslim country, 99% of the population of that country are Muslims. And during the salah, one person, during the tashahhud, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna muhammadan rasulullah was flipping his finger up and down. That wasn't done in that country. No one does it. After the salah, he got into an argument with another person who was next to him. The other person telling him, why are you doing this? You're violating your salah. They got into a fight, an argument, he broke his finger. One Muslim broke the finger of the other Muslim because of that. This is, this is the pathetic state of mind that we are in. And why is, why is this acceptable? Why do we have this? Because people who are telling you this, they look, quote unquote, you know, I don't use the word. They look pious. They have these long beards. They've graduated from some fanatical institute somewhere. They have the certificate of their religious studies on the walls. They, some of them have short garments. That's why, you know, they come across as being authorities. When they neglect Allah and His Prophet altogether in, the, in different ways. And then they, they've, they fabricated for us a type of unpleasant psychology. We were, we were privy to this in the past years. You've seen them chop off heads. You've seen them bite on organs of people who were just killed. Even this past couple of weeks ago, they had the same thing happening all over again. The Prophet of Allah, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him, he was, he was hurt. He was bleeding. He had a broken tooth in the battle of Uhud. What did he say? He said, did you hear him say some of these things that these people say nowadays, these types of Muslims who are hadith intoxicated? who have abandoned the Qur'an, 
وقال الرسول يا ربي إن قومي اتخذوا هذا القرآن مهجورا He said, the Prophet in that condition that he's in كيف يفلح قوم شجوا رأس نبيهم How can people be successful who have just caused blood to come out of the head of their Prophet? You sense the the quality of feelings in a statement like that? Or was he a Prophet of revenge? Oh, we're going to kill them. We're going to do this, that, and the other to them. You know the, the rhetoric that you hear nowadays? That's, that's what we have. Compare that. Compare the Prophet's posture, his position, his personality. Compare that with the type of cutthroats. Literally, cutthroats that we have none of that and there are other ayat in the Quran that speak about one ayah in particular that drew my attention and because it's a very cold day I will try to end this first khutbah by quoting this ayah towards the end of Surah Al-Ma'idah it has to do with Prophet Isa alayhi salam. The ayah, a couple of ayat, and it begins with Qala Allahu Ya Isa ibn Maryam Aanta qulta linnasi attakhithuni wa ummiya ilahayni min dunillah Allah is speaking to Isa. He says to him, Did you say to the people To consider you, to consider you and your mother as two deities besides Allah. قال سبحانك ما يكون لي أن أقول ما ليس لي بحق إن كنت قلته فقد علمته تعلم ما في نفسي ولا أعلم ما في نفسك إنك أنت علام الغيوب. He says, pleading here, he says, no. I didn't say anything like that. Whatever was said, you know. You know what's inside of me, but I don't know what's inside of you. You know everything that is present and everything that is absent. Anyways, at the end of these ayat, what does Prophet Isa say about those who follow him? He said, فَلَمَّا تَوَفَّيْتَنِي كُنْتَ أَنْتَ الرَّقِيبَ عَلَيْهِمْ وَأَنْتَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ When you caused me to expire from my lifetime, you were the one, Isa is speaking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see this, this close relationship Allah is speaking about, uh, uh, to us about a conversation between him and one of his prophets. 
فلما توفيتني كنت أنت الرقيب عليه وأنت على كل شيء شهيد You are a witness of everything إن تعذبهم فإنهم عبادك If you cause them pain If you are going to present them with infliction they are your ibad this is a statement of honor that isa is giving those who are saying that there are two gods besides allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fa'innahum ibaduk compare this with the attitude of those today who, who are running amok, running wild, destroying churches, killing those who disagree with them in faith, causing some of them to leave, become refugees in all of this. What have we become? We've become Israelis. We the Muslims, with this type of behavior, and this type of understanding have come become Israelis with Islamic rituals. Can that fit into your mind? Israelis with Islamic rituals. Into Adibhum Fainahum Ibaduk Wa in Tavfir Lahum Fainaka Ental Azizul Hakim. Isa is soliciting Allah's forgiveness for people who are saying that there are gods besides Allah. It takes a moral character because Isa, as any Muslim should be, is confident of his conviction and of his relationship with Allah and out of that confidence comes a feeling of mercy for those who have gone in the wrong direction there are many people who have gone in the wrong direction do we have do we feel mercy for them do you care for them are you concerned do you want to save them do you want to help them or you want to take revenge. And then the Prophet, his character is in the Quran. His meanings are in the Quran. An ayah. We'll just take a, 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 maybe two ayat. إِنَّ رَبَّكَ يَعْلَمُ أَنَّكَ تَقُومُ أَدْنَى مِنْ ثُلُثَيِ اللَّيْلِ وَنُصْفَهُ وَثُلُثَهُ Allah knows that you, Prophet, you stay up two-thirds of the night, around two-thirds of the night, or half of it, or one-third of it. That's Allah's Prophet's character. Isn't that a sunnah that is in the Qur'an? And who is living this? Who it's it's who the prophet is by Allah's words, not by 
a chain of seven or eight narrators. Some of them may be trustworthy and reliable and others may not be. This is something there is no doubt about. Another ayah, لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مِّنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا عَنِتُّمْ A messenger has come to you from among your own selves. And it's very difficult for him to see you burdened. To see you carrying something that may seem to you to be out of your capacity. Allah is not taking us to him by chains. But when you listen to some of these people, you think, well, that's the case. This heart, our heart, there's no heart in our Islam. The heart is not the... It's enough that we don't have minds. Our minds are absent from Allah and His Prophet. We also have absented our hearts from Allah and His Prophet. How much losses are we going to suffer? And I hope this suffices. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum. Ad'uhu subhanahu wa antum ala yaqeenin bil ijabah. الحمد لله بجميع المحامد على جميع النعم صلى الله وسلم على المبعوث خيرا ورحمة وهدى لكافة الأمم محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم Dear brotherly and sisterly Muslims it has become clear that what is happening to us today we the Muslims what is happening to us is because of this distance between us and Allah there's a mental distance and there's an emotional distance we bring it upon ourselves. And therefore, we have to take a hard look. And we do this every Jumu'ah in the second khutbah. We take a hard look at what's being done to us because of what we have done to ourselves. Okay, the first type of optimistic news item in this pessimistic scenario is that finally the ruling tribe in Arabia the Saud tribe has begun talks with Ansarullah from Yemen these talks are taking place in the capital of Oman Masqat and there are other parties involved in these talks and because of who we are these parties are representatives of the US government 
and representatives of the Pakistani government. At least it's an indication that the ruling tribe in Arabia has realized that over four and a half years of war have been a total loss. There's also some United Nations officials who are sitting in on those talks. Yesterday, the head of the CIA went to Saudi Arabia and she sat down with the king We always ask, who is this king? He has, we speak about the general Muslim public's failure to connect with Allah emotionally and mentally. This king doesn't have any mental capacity in him whatsoever. And he forces us, we learn from failures like that, like this king. He forces us to think. When we have rulers, we want to listen to them. Have you ever asked yourself, these rulers that rule over us, they cannot speak on issues without rehearsing them? without reading what they want to say because they want to hide their disqualifications and this king is the same way he doesn't appear to Muslims and speak to Muslims because if you listen to him you'll know that he the last thing in the world the last place he should be is a place to make decisions for a country And then we have the the head of the CIA went over there because it happened a couple of days after three persons were arrested, two of them Saudis, the other one, the third one, his nationality, at least in the news sources I went to, was not disclosed, which makes a person like me say, could it have been an Israeli? They were spying using social media, Twitter, on the opponents of the Saudi regime. Spying Saudis. And these are the ones who say that they are representative of Islam. And the, the ayah says, وَلَا تَجَسَّسُوا وَلَا يَغْتَبْ بَعْضُكُمْ بَعْضًا Has anyone placed this crime of spying in the in a Quranic context even Muslims who are supposed to be you know educated and have Islamic media have they placed these crimes of that ruling family in light of what Allah is saying that's what happens when we run away from the Quran we are not able to connect what is happening in the real world with what Allah is telling us in this past week this 
family regime confessed that it lost five troops in the area of Jizan next to Yemen. This Muslim blood that is being spilled, for what cause? Why? And then we have a video that came out and right now it's like a raging fire in social media in the Arabian Peninsula. One of the princes of the royal family is shown in this video when he's kissing the head of a singer an Arab Syrian singer he's kissing her head and then now social media media flares up with pros and cons of this type of development as we mentioned last week there are military exercises that have commenced around the Arabian Peninsula noteworthy and a follow-up to that news item is there are three Gulf states, Khaliji states, that are not involved in these military exercises. And probably, if you guess they are Oman and Qatar and Kuwait, you probably guessed right. There's been uh, an escalation of the contacts between the Zionist regime, the Zionist Hebrew regime, and the Zionist Arabian regimes with American go-betweens to try to accelerate a pact of non-aggression, not a peace treaty, a pact of non-aggression between those who stole the Holy Land and those who were victimized by that crime. CNN has shown pictures of American weapons being sneaked into Yemen. That's what happens. When we kill ourselves spiritually and intellectually, the last step is that we kill ourselves physically. They'll give us the weapons and you go ahead, kill yourselves. And now Kushner is pushing for another military arms transaction between the military industrial complex in the United States and Saudi Arabia at the level of 110 billion dollars. And last week when they had that meeting of the uh, Davos in the desert, Modi, the war criminal in India, who has put Kashmir and the Muslims there on lockdown, their social life now is no social life at all. He comes, he, he leaves Saudi Arabia as a winner to our brothers, from Muslim brothers from India and Pakistan. How long are you going to continue to hold 
the Saudi criminals in a at a religious or with some type of religious merit you see what's happening can this not become a wake-up call for you and then now demonstrations are flaring up in different countries they've been going on for months in Algeria and now you have Iraq and you have Lebanon in the past couple of days even in Kuwait there were demonstrations in front of the parliament calling for getting rid of the current administrators at the executive level in that country one other very important concern as the Muslim world is our country you know when there were elections here in the United States and President Obama was elected to become President of the United States Barack Hussein Obama for those who are seasoned in these types of developments you could almost foretell that something serious is going to happen in our Muslim hemisphere <clears throat> and we had we had very serious things happening during his eight years in office for the first time Ethiopia has a Muslim president which means there's something serious in the offing when Ethiopia has a Muslim president and now there are talks between Ethiopia and Egypt and Sudan to try to solve the issue of this hydro hydraulic or hydroelectric or whatever type of huge dam that they built on the Nile if they cut that water off or reduce it dress reduce it drastically about a hundred and fifty million people upwards meaning from that dam all the way to the Mediterranean are going to suffer and talks right now are going on and only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and may inshallah we are miscalculating but it doesn't look good the Israelis have a chokehold on Egypt not that you know they don't have influence they have more than enough influence inside of Egypt but as reserve now they are in Ethiopia and they say right now we have you your lifeline is in our hands there were demonstrations in Algeria as I said it's been going on for a long time part of those demonstrations the Amaziri flag was raised the Amazir are they, there's different names to this um, ethnic group of people they're all Muslims but now there's clashes because of nationalism in that country the United Arab Emirates refused to issue a visa to the Mufti of Palestine that speaks volumes and the Egyptian armed forces are involved in military exercises with Cyprus and Greece 
and this is the target that is intended from these exercises is Turkey where did where does all of this begin and where does all of this end it all begins and it all ends inside of our own selves if we continue to be oh you know what can I do what what can one individual Muslim do? And I, we'll continue like this. More catastrophes and more tragedies down the road. But if we can live up to our, our God-given responsibilities, relocate ourselves and become what Allah expects us to be, then the world will change because we have changed. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِقَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ولا تجعله ملتبسا علينا واجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا لا تؤاخذنا إن نسينا أو أخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إصرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد وبارك على محمد وآل محمد كما صليت وباركت على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمركم أن تؤدوا الأمانات إلى أهلها وإذا حكمتم بين الناس أن تحكموا بالعدل إن الله نعما يعظكم به إن الله كان سميعا بصيرا ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة